Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And today we're talking YouTube and YouTube ads and YouTube organic and YouTube spying and how to find out what your competitors are up to on YouTube. This is going to be super fun. Are you a D2C brand spending over six figures a month on paid media? If so, then listen up. My agency, OMG Commerce, and I have worked with some of the top e-commerce brands over the years, including Boom, Native, Groove, Monin, Organifi, and dozens more. And every year, we audit hundreds of Google, YouTube, and Amazon ad accounts. And we always find either significant opportunities for growth or wasted ad spend to cut or both. For example, are you missing YouTube ads? Whatever you're spending on top of funnel Facebook, you should be able to spend 30 to 50% of that or more on YouTube with similar returns. So if you're spending 300 to 400,000 a month on Facebook, you should be able to easily spend 100 to 150,000 or more on YouTube. Visit omgcommerce.com to request a free strategy session or visit our resource page and get some of our free guides loaded with some of our best strategies for YouTube ads. Google Shopping, Amazon DSP, and more. Check it all out at omgcommerce.com. I'm talking to an OG in the YouTube space. So Justin Sardi is my guest. We first met through Blue Ribbon Mastermind and Ezra Firestone, our mutual friend. And uh, Justin is just a really smart guy, legend. He is the, the founder and CEO of TubeSift and Video Ad Vault. And so one of the leading tools, platforms that allow you to find out what other top ads are running on YouTube and allow you to kind of spy on your competitors a little bit. And uh, we'll unpack more of that today because I think this is a tool you're going to want to check out. But more than that, we're going to dive into, hey, what are some misconceptions about YouTube? And, and what do you need to know about YouTube to make it work? And then some other formats that you maybe aren't familiar with. And so if you listen to the podcast regular, regularly, you know we talk about YouTube ads, right? I've got a couple episodes where I dive into YouTube ads. Of course, we have a, a recent episode with, with Jacques Spitzer from Raindrop where we talk about creative. Uh, again, a couple of episodes with Andrew Eckblad where we talk creatives. But this is going to be a little bit different. And so I'm, I'm excited about this. With that intro, with that intro, uh, Justin, what's up, man? How you doing? And welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. It's been uh, been a long time. I know we rescheduled a few times, and then uh, yeah, we're just, just hanging out. Yeah. But in California, just the other day. So exactly, yeah, <laughs> just hanging out at Blue Ribbon San Diego a couple weeks ago, and one of my favorite spots, one of my favorite events. And so it's always good to, to see you there. But yeah, this this podcast specifically has been in the works forever, and it just seems like. Something happens with one of our schedules. We have to punt and reschedule, but we're doing it, man. We're here. We're making it happen. So um, do this. We're going to get into some education on YouTube ads and misconceptions and new things you should be trying. Before we do that, what is TubeSift and Video Ad Vault? And uh, yeah, just give us kind of the, the lowdown. Yeah, so uh, TubeSift is basically a precision targeting tool for YouTube advertisers. Uh, helps you do placement targeting, basically. That was the original uh, function of it. Of course, they're kind of moving away from content targeting, so thanks, Google. Um, but um, honestly, the, the thing I was bummed about... Yeah, and what, is, what is the latest update on that, actually? So I, I, we're, we're hearing rumors, we're seeing some things in some accounts, but not all accounts. So Google's wanting to move away from content targeting if you're running a conversion-based campaign, right? Yeah. So what, what's the latest or what have you heard most recently? 
Yeah, so I mean that that's basically it. As of they said, they're going to be removing them from um, from accounts, basically. So you go to set up a YouTube ad with a goal, um, just a video campaign, for example. You used to be able to choose, you know, topics, keywords, um, placements. Yeah. Those three things. Um, and those were content targeting, they called it. Or, yep. Yeah. And uh, they, they ended up, they're, they're pulling that. So certain accounts, you know, some some accounts that I have still there, yeah. no, like not right. even a warning. Right. We're still doing that in a number of accounts, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, but the certain accounts, the they don't even let you add it anymore. So mm. um, they said they're going to be doing that by 2023, and it's, what, November? So we got, like, two months. Uh, and they said yeah. they're actually going to remove, if you have any existing campaigns, they're not even going to be grandfathered in. They are getting rid of it. Dang, just putting um, them But you can still set it up without a goal, um, sort of like you used to have to do, um, you know, back in the day before they had goals, uh, and you would just have to manually go in and see, hey, this placement's working, this one's not, uh, instead of Google saying, oh, this is working, we'll shift more of your budget here, uh, and them doing some of the optimization, you just have to go in and manually do it. Uh, And we've been, we've run some side-by-side tests on, you know, with a goal and placements and without a goal. They were pretty similar, honestly. Uh, it was this is a little more work, which is uh. yeah. And and we that's interesting. I, I'd love to to chat with you more about that. We we've um, run some tests looking at you know conversion based campaigns and, and non conversion based campaigns. We can't get the 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 view based or non goal based campaigns to really perform well. Um, you know, some of the metrics are, are just fine or even better. Like view view rates are better, cost per view is lower on a on a view based campaign versus conversion based campaign. But we just can't get the CPAs to to equal out. So would love to see kind of what you're doing. I love content targeting, uh, and so basically, yeah, if you're doing keyword targeting. What Google is doing there is they're finding it's contextual. So looking at that keyword and saying, ah, okay, we're going to put your ad next to content about that keyword, and that's going away. And it's super sad. Sad day for sure. The, the one good thing though good. is that like, you can still with their custom audiences, you can yeah. actually go in. You can still do keywords. They just sure. moved them. Um, and I'm actually I just got this idea because you can actually target people who have visited sites similar to whatever. I'm just going to try exactly. and put placements in there and see if that does anything. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. So the custom segment where you're giving Google URLs. So so basically, uh-huh. you, to, for those that don't know, you go in, you go into Google, you build a, a segment. It used to be called audiences, now called segments. But custom segment. And so basically, you can either give Google. Um, search terms so so keywords people have searched for recently on google or on youtube you can also give them keywords but but with an in-market focus which kind of means people are looking at this stuff online or they've keyed it in or a variety of things or you can give google urls and basically what google is doing there is they're building like a lookalike audience kind of like you said where it's like people that have visited those urls or people that look like those who have visited those urls that build an audience there so I think you can do placements there, and I think that's yeah. an interesting that's an interesting angle. So we're going to test that. So, um, but like kind of back to the original question, that that's what TubeSoft was originally for. We we recently added a uh, a custom audience builder as well that'll find all the websites for specific keywords, so you can quickly and easily extract all those and create nice. those custom audiences. Um, because we saw that working really well, and uh, kind of had a feeling they were moving away from placements. So um, very cool. So basically, then you could go in, you go into TubeSift, type in a keyword as an example. It's gonna, it's gonna show you all the videos that show up for that search, and then you can basically scrape those URLs and then use those for targeting. Yep, yep. Um, and then Video Ad Vault is our other piece of software. That's basically a 
Um, I think of it as a massive swipe file of, we have almost a million unique YouTube ads and landing pages with a bunch of historical data. So you can search by, you know, advertiser name, uh, domain, keywords, um, a number of different things. And you can basically find all the ads running in any niche, see what's working, what's maybe not, uh, see all the different hooks, angles, you get all the landing pages, all that good stuff. So. I love it. I love it. And that, that's, you know, one of the best ways to learn is by watching successful ads and video ad vault is a way to do that. And you get the landers, right? You get the, you get the whole, you get the whole deal there, which is, which is fantastic. So highly recommend it. My team uses it. We love it. So, so check that out. We'll talk more about how you can learn more and how you can dig in here in just a minute, but let's talk first, Justin, you've been in the game a long time. What are some misconceptions people have about YouTube and YouTube ads? Yeah. So, I mean, like the number one thing, and we, we've talked about this before, was people are like, oh, I have to have a video. Now, I do think that videos work best. You probably should have a video. But um, with all of these new, um, you know, types of like the PMAX campaigns, all those things as well, um, they'll actually still serve like display ads on YouTube. And yep. you can... You can actually set just those display ads up to target YouTube uh, as well, and you can basically run image ads and you know just display ads on YouTube also without having to have a video. So um, that's yeah, cool and, and just to kind of key in on that just a little bit, I, I love this, and you know we're doing a lot with Performance Max at OMG. Uh, we run discovery campaigns, which you know that that discovery placement does put image ads or carousel ads on YouTube. And what a powerful placement. And likely if you, if you pick up your phone and kind of scroll through the, the YouTube feed, um, you'll see some image-based ads, right? So you'll see videos, then you'll see, if you see a, a still image, it's most likely an ad. And those are pretty compelling, right? That's a key placement. Feels a little more like a Facebook or, or an Instagram ad, uh, but we're seeing a lot of success there, especially with our larger advertisers both for top of funnel targeting, but also for remarketing. And so love that placement. And yeah, that's a way that, and, and hey, getting, getting the YouTube video creatives right, it's a little more difficult, right? But through Discovery or Performance Max, you can run those display ads on YouTube. Love that call out. And uh, that's, that's probably a traffic source a lot of people are missing. Yep, for sure. Um, another thing, you know, a lot of people this is something I've always heard, like, oh, your video needs to be 30 seconds. Like, th like that that's the magic number. Um, I think people are kind of getting away from that now. I know Google, they actually recommend that you keep it under three minutes now. Um, and I've actually heard some rumors that they might be not allowing ads longer than three minutes as in-stream ads in the future. I'm not sure if that's mm. true or not, but I've heard that. Um, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> You know, you're paying for that 30 seconds or whatever, and that's where that came from. Um, obviously, they're they're changing it. It depends. I think on the campaigns with goals, you're actually paying after 10 seconds now. Uh, if, if there's a, especially if there's a conversion, yeah. yeah. Uh, so so what's interesting there, and and yeah, so the, I think probably where this came from is with TrueView, with YouTube TrueView ads. Basically, you're charged. You're only charged for an actual view. So that view um, comes at about the 30 second mark. We can kind of use that as a, as a working number. So, you know, if, if someone watches the whole video, if it's less than 30 seconds or 30 seconds, if it's longer, then you pay a cost per view. If they skip at a shorter time period than that, 
you don't pay for that. Uh, but yeah, that, that's, that's it, right? There's no reason to have a 30 second ad. We, we found if, if you want to run a conversion based ad, so an ad that's driving a click and hopefully then driving a conversion, uh, minute and a half to three minutes is kind of the sweet spot. We've seen some as short as like 45 seconds that really scale at a, at a target CPA or at a, at a, at a customer acquisition cost goal. But typically, you know, that closer to a minute or a little bit longer. Um, a great example, we actually had a, had a deodorant client where they had the same video. They had a minute 10 version of this video and a 30 second version of the video. Same video, it was just a cut down, right? So same, same actors, same script basically, just one was a minute 10, one was 30 seconds, so it was cut down. The minute 10 version had like a 10x uh, the number of conversions. And so the CPA was just wildly different. The 30 second version had a better view rate, but the minute version had better clicks, better conversions. So I'm still leaning to that longer area. Um, and then to kind of key on what you said, yeah, if you go longer than three minutes, Google has basically said they're going to tax you or they're going to increase your cost per view. <laughs> we haven't seen that really make a difference if it's a good video. So if you get a three and a half minute video, that's great. Or, or Ezra, Firestone, that boom, they've got some five minute videos, six minute videos, seven minute videos. They're still working, right? We're still watching like the target CPA, and they're and they're still working. So I'm not too concerned about those those longer videos, but I do wonder. We have we have one client in the automotive space. They're running like 15 minute BSLs on on YouTube, which not really like my recommendation at this point, but it's working. I do wonder when that's gonna, you know, maybe be taxed. Or ta tax is the wrong word, but Google's gonna maybe charge you more to where it doesn't make sense. But but the, 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 that day is not just yet. But I would be thinking, hey, how do we get a killer video under three minutes? And for most brands, that should be easily doable. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember we used to upload, I used to upload entire, like, three-hour webinars and run them as ads. <laughs> um, and those did, we actually used to run them as video discovery ads um, back in the day. But those did amazingly well. Like, we used to just sell webinar products like crazy with those. And Interesting. I've never done that. Um, so I, I do want to talk about video discovery. So let's put a pin in that. Let's come back to that because that's super interesting. You've done way more of that than I have. And so I want to talk about that for sure. But what, what are a few other misconceptions or, or surprises about uh, YouTube ads uh, that you want to share with folks? I mean, a lot of people are, you know, we, we have a webinar product we sell. We do some training. And a lot of people coming in are coming from the Facebook ads world, right? And mm -hmm. they are, they're always worried, like, well, what if I get banned? I'm like, Dude, it's, you're probably not going to. Um, the number one thing I actually do see people getting banned for is suspicious payment activity. Um, and it's because they, they don't have matching, you know, they'll set up an account and they'll use a different credit card, like that you need to make sure your addresses and your, you know, especially with all the advertiser transparency, that's basically what they're looking for, you know. Uh, if you make a mistake and, you know, throw up an ad, they'll, it gets disapproved, you can literally call Google and they will... I've had Google reps send me, you know, screenshots of my landing page with highlights being like, just do this here, do this here, and you'll be good. And then we'd fix that, and they fire it right up like nothing. So um, you can get away with a lot more on Google. Um, you know, obviously, you need to stay within their terms of service and all that. But um, they are pretty lenient, and they actually have, you know, you can actually talk with somebody that will even help you get things fixed pretty easily, you know. Yeah, I do like the fact that you can reach out to somebody either through chat or, or a phone call. Once you start advertising on Google, you know, getting a hold of customer support, 
is relatively easy. Now, I will give a couple of caveats. One, you don't always get a super helpful person. So sometimes you get someone and, and you're like, wait, I don't think this person knows what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. Always good to just be polite, hang up, call back, get somebody else, right? Um, but that, does, and I'm not a Facebook advertiser, I don't know, but I've heard it's quite a bit easier to get a hold of someone at Google than it is at Facebook. So that's a win. There's still some categories that, that you just gonna have no luck anywhere, right? So CBD type products, or if you wanna go hemp to kind of get around CBD, good luck. Uh, it can happen, but um, Google and Facebook are both pretty strict about that. We've worked with some supplement companies that like to lean into, you know, testosterone claims or things like that. And that's pretty tricky anyway you slice it. So I don't want to give the, I think you are right that, that YouTube is probably a little more open or flexible than, than Facebook in, in certain cases and in certain verticals. Um, but it's not just like the Wild West, right? So you're still going to potentially have issues. But the good news is you can get a hold of somebody. And occasionally you get a hold of someone who's helpful. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's nice. So that's awesome. Um, cool. So let, any, other, any other misconceptions or surprises that you want to kind of key in on with YouTube ads? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they, the, I, I, the one thing I will say is they, they've, they've come a very long way over the past, uh, you totally. know, even, even the past year or so, um, they have made, when I first started running ads, you had to go to like Google ads forward slash video to even set up a video campaign. Um, and they've made some massive improvements. Some of them I'm like, oh, I wish they didn't do that. But overall they are going in a positive direction. Uh, and I think that, you know, just the fact that you can connect with somebody on video prior to, you know, making other interactions, I think that in itself just makes, especially if you're doing like personal, you know, coaching, anything like that, just being able to make that connection in the beginning, I feel like it, uh, it helps build that trust and, you know, that follows through the whole funnel. So I, 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 like yeah, I love it. And I'll, I'll just kind of share a couple of things that I think are, are unique about YouTube that, that make it pretty attractive. Uh, two, two main things that I'll, I'll key in on. One is, is data that, that YouTube and, and Google can use. Uh, and then, and then two is the, the number of users and, and then the audience on YouTube. So let's talk data. So, you know, Google provides some unique ways to target. You talked about custom segments a minute ago or custom audiences that allow you to, to use keywords and, and basically Google's saying like, Hey, we're going to target people that have searched for those keywords or similar keywords on Google or on YouTube. So that's unique information that really no other platform can leverage, right? Because mm. Google owns YouTube and Google owns search, right? So they've got all that search data. Now, here's what's interesting. Even amidst, you know, privacy concerns and stuff like that, that data, that search data is first party data, right? Google owns that. You're on google.com directly giving the keyword search to Google. So they can use that, that data however they want. Now, there are complexities with privacy and we'll, we'll see where things go. But for the most part, Google can still leverage that targeting to try to find users who are likely to convert. Now, as, as things get a little stickier, a little dicier with, with privacy concerns, I think Google's going to remove some of the controls from advertisers and make more automated, but they're still going to be able to find people likely to convert based on that data that they have. So that's one thing. I think the data that Google has is fantastic. I think the 
the uh, smart bid algorithm that, that Google has built is amazing. I think their their AI and machine learning scientists are better than anybody, and so I think there's there's real improvements there. Uh, the other thing on, on on audience or the the amount of people using YouTube, YouTube is just huge, right? It's the second most visited website on the planet, the number two search engine, you know, behind Google on the planet. But here's what's interesting: if you look at teenagers and younger people. A lot of them are moving away from Facebook, right? And this is not me uh, raining on Zuckerberg's parade or saying that Facebook is dying. I think it's going to be viable for the, the foreseeable future anyway. But YouTube is growing. And if you talk to teenagers, you talk to older, uh, you know, senior citizens, whatever, everybody's using YouTube. Um, I was recently at, at TNC in San Diego and uh, Ryan Dice, you know, polled like 10,000 marketers and said, hey, what are... What are the, the three channels you think are going to become more effective in the coming year? And the top three were uh, one short form videos like TikTok, Instagram Reels, things like that. Two was email. No surprise there. Email, everybody thinks email is going to die. It's not. Uh, and, and then the third was YouTube. So YouTube is YouTube is on the uptick. Uh, I think you got to really dig into YouTube. So uh, love it. Really good insights there. Um, Let's talk about this, Justin. Let's talk about video discovery ads because that's something I know you've done a lot of. I'm familiar with them. We have not run a lot of video discovery ads. So, so what are they? And then how do you recommend utilizing uh, YouTube uh, video discovery ads? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so they recently, I think they or they just recently rebranded them as just discovery ads or whatever on YouTube. Uh, and essentially, or is it, is it, is it discover and not discovery? Yeah, I, something I, I forget. Um, they actually, they, what they did is they combined in-stream and, um, discovery ads. And so basically with those changes, uh, it's now more important than ever to have, you know, previously when you had an in-stream ad, nobody was ever going to see that video unless it was an in-stream ad, right? Yep. Now that they are, um, video action campaigns, they're calling them. Uh, now that they have those, your ad is going to be shown as a mix of, uh, in-stream and also discovery ads, which is basically, you know, you're scrolling through the feed on your phone or something, even on, you know, your YouTube on desktop and you see a thumbnail, right? So yep. previously I would just have a random, you know, not even a thumbnail, not even worry about it, not put a title on the video, literally call it like, you know, ad one or whatever. Yep. Now, the way they're showing those, it's more important than ever to number one, put a, I mean, you're, you're your ad title or your video title is a lot like a headline now. So just because that, that it's going to be more visible because used to, yeah, you're right. Nobody would see it, but now people do. Yeah. Um, and I've seen people doing that with their ads. I'm like, dude, you titled it this and like, it's showing it like, just come on, you're spending money on this. Um, yep. but, uh, yeah, so, so that's, that's one thing. Uh, and then it's also very important to have a custom thumbnail now. And you know, the, the thing we do when we're making those is go search for, content on YouTube about whatever, you know, whatever topic we are running and running the ad on. And then we'll see what the top thumbnails are, you know, just scroll down the first 10 videos and you'll start to see some things that are, you know, that are, they all have in common. Right. Yep. And yep. so then we will, patterns. yeah. yeah. And, and the re, like a big part of the reason that those are ranking is number one, obviously they have their keywords and you know, they a lot of them have big channels. They're getting a lot of views and Google's going to reward that. But a lot of it does have to do with a catchy thumbnail, a catchy title, things like that. Like that's the first thing that people see. And a lot of times that thumbnail is going to, you know, that's like your, your, it's, it's free ad real estate really. Uh, and you should be taking advantage of that. 
And uh, something we've done with the discovery ads is actually use them sort of like banner ads as, um, you know, for retargeting. So when we have a promotion going on, it's like, you know, we'll, we'll start swapping the thumbnail out, like, you know, two days left, one day left, things like that. Mm-hmm. And essentially hitting people, it's, it's almost like a for because you also don't pay unless they click on it. Right, which is cool. right. With Discovery um, Ads, they've got to click on it, then they'll start viewing it, and that's when you pay. So, so it's someone choosing to watch it. Yeah, but if you just want to use that as like banner space on YouTube and not pay a CPM or anything like that, um, it, it's a cool way that you can you can use those, uh, and you can set those up, you know, in the campaigns without a goal still, um, and just specifically choose that type of ad. Yeah, I love it. Um, super interesting. So let, let's talk. Uh, Kind of as we, as we move into our final uh, section here, before we talk specifically about about TubeSift a little bit more, um, YouTube SEO, right? So so I mentioned YouTube's the number two search engine on the planet. More searches conducted on YouTube than on any other search engine not named Google. And so so what are some of the keys? How do we how do we get our organic videos? Mm-hmm to rank better on YouTube so that we can drive more volume there. Cause I think, I think that's a traffic source. A lot of people are missing, right? If you can get some, some videos on YouTube to rank organically, that can be a great source of traffic. So, so uh, walk us through some tips there. Yeah. So funny, actually I've got a, uh, my silver play button right over there. Um, so I actually have Dude, a look at you. A, That's an elite club, man. I know we have, a, we have 110,000 subscribers uh, on one of our YouTube awesome. channels and that was all organic. So I do know a little bit about the organic side of things. So, uh, and I, and I will say that if you can build up an audience, um, and anytime you put out a promotion or anything like that, it is so much more trusted if it's an organic, um, result. Like the conversion rate is through the roof on organic yep. videos versus paid ads. I, people just trust them more. They're like, yeah, no, this is, this is legit. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, a, a few tips that we had. Obviously, you know, like I was talking about earlier, the thumbnail is extremely important. Uh, and then, really, that initial, you know, obviously, you need your your keywords, your tags, things like that. Your description's an important one. But the number one thing is getting a solid view rate, or well, really that's what it is, but like getting as many views as you can through that video in the first like 48 hours or whatever. Um, because if you and can it's start not just view that, rate, right, Justin, it's view rate plus like time watched, watch time, right? Watch time as well. Watch, so you need, to, you need to keep, and that's really what the algorithm is, uh, is trying to do. Uh, there's actually a really cool podcast called down the rabbit hole. Uh, they talk all about the uh, YouTube algorithm. I just been interesting. Like, check this out. Uh, definitely it. worth a listen. But um, they have YouTube CEO on there talking about what they're looking for, and a lot of it is initial watch time in the first you know X number of days, right? And so if you can get that up, um, and you can actually use discovery ads to do that. So what we used to do is boost some of our. Um, our ads that we were like, or our videos that we were like, Hey, we really want to get some additional views on this and give it like a slight boost in the, uh, in the search results. It used to work. Um, you know, I, I haven't done that too much recently. We're more running the, the in-stream ads, honestly, but, but yeah, we, we were targeting the keywords we wanted to rank for using campaigns without a goal. And then basically just going for views. Cause that's all we wanted. And we're like, Hey, we're willing to pay whatever, a penny of view. 
And they would start, you know, they'd show up at the top, people would watch them, and hopefully they're compelling enough to get that watch time. And that would really boost us in the search results. So. Um, yeah, you got to be uh, kind of careful there from, from what I hear. And again, I'm, a, I'm an ad guy, not an organic guy. But if you have a video that gets really good watch time, then it can help. If you accelerate a video through ads and it's got a poor watch time, mm -hmm. you're accelerating the other way, right? You're going to you're yeah. going to prevent it from ranking. Yeah, uh, so actually, but it all, all depends on creating great content, right? Yeah, so. we, we, used, we used to split our. Um, I basically had a clone channel that I would run ads yeah. from if I was running the in-stream ads because because if people are skipping, it would actually tank the watch time and, you know, yeah. hurt, hurt that. So I don't That's interesting. So are you still recommending that? So, so to explain that, uh, if people aren't following, so, you know, a lot of people, and it sounds like you do this too, I, I know a couple of friends that are big uh, organic YouTube uh, peeps, they'll, they'll have a separate channel that they use in, for in-stream ads because you're your view rate goes down, your watch time goes way down when you start running in-stream ads because you're really pushing those things hard. Then they'll have a channel that's organic, right, where they're just trying to rank organically and trying to really build that watch time because Google looks at it not just at the video level but at the channel level, right? That, that's at least how it seems. Yeah, yeah and that, I mean, that's what I've, I've seen that, you know, I've actually seen when people started running in-stream ads from bigger channels, they're like, hey, I want to get some additional fuel, you know, whatever, start running those. And then slowly their stats started going down. And I, they don't say it's yeah. because of that, but we've seen it happen. And so if you do already have a big channel, um, I would recommend running from a different. Uh, not different. worth risking it, right? Maybe it's not 100% confirmed, but I know enough smart organic YouTube people that, that kind of recommend it that I would, I would be caught if you've got a huge organic following on YouTube, then maybe be cautious about ads or spin up a new channel for ads. Because the interesting thing is when you run an in-stream ad, you, you don't click through that ad to the YouTube channel, right? You click through that ad to go to whatever lander you specify. So it doesn't matter if that channel is built out or not um, when you're running in-stream ads. So yeah. so that's, a, that's an important point of clarification. Um, cool, any other YouTube tips or ideas or suggestions before we kind of move in to talking about uh, TubeSiff a little more. Well, I think that's about it. You know, I, honestly, mostly I, I focus on the ad side of things now a lot more. Uh, we've kind of, I still have the organic thing. That was cool. But, um, you know, it's, it's a lot faster to just run ads, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I totally agree. So. Totally agree. So if, if someone, you know, the, the way you kind of laid it out in the beginning was awesome. It's, it's a way to build you know, uh, placement lists and, and the ability to, to laser target on, on YouTube. But, but uh, give us more details. Like what, what, are, what are you hearing from people that use the platform? What are the best use cases? Kind of, kind of walk us through that just a little bit. How should people use TubeSift? Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things, obviously the custom audiences, those are huge. Um, we've, we're seeing Google remove some of that content targeting, which is a bummer. But that being said, um, they're removing that, but their AI is, it's absurd. Like they, they, right. you know, they really do know how to put your ads in front of the right people at the right time. Um, like you were saying, it, it's all that first party data they have, not to mention Google Analytics. Like how many websites have Google Analytics that are also yeah. feeding, like cooking people, feeding all of that data in there? It, it's, the amount of data they have is, is insane and it's cool that we get to tap into that. Um, that being said, I think going forward more than ever, it's going to be, I mean, obviously your ad creative was always an important thing, but 
the number one thing, you know, since Google's starting to basically be like, hey, upload these assets, we got it, right? We, we know what's, we, we, we can take care of you, it's fine. Um, and I do think that that's the way that they're, that's clearly what they're going for, right? Um, they wanna, the less inputs they have, the easier it is for people to get, or to not make mistakes, yeah. I guess. You know, the more, yep. Yep. more areas you can break something, you're probably gonna break it, right? And so I think that's part of the reason they're removing it, you know, removing all that friction, making it extremely easy, be like, hey, upload these 10 things and we've got it, right? Um, I do think it's a smart move on their part. But uh, that being said, your ad creative is more important than ever. And really just being able to stand out, know what types of things are resonating with your audience and um, you know what types of hooks, angles, things like that. Um, and so like, for, for example, like Video Ad Vault, what I do a lot of times is I'll go find a bunch of ads that have different hooks. Right, and a lot of times, what you'll see is you know people are testing three to five. The hook hooks. is like the, the the that's the thing that if you you can really if you dial in the hook, that can shift the performance of a of a creative or a campaign more than anything else. So I love that you called that out. So so you're looking for hooks and, and ideas. Yeah, and so and we, I've actually done some some case studies on breaking down different ads and things like that, and I've noticed that a lot of these. You know, something that'll separate an ad that maybe gets like 40,000 views from one that gets two to three million, right? It's literally the first 15 seconds in pretty much all of these ads, right? So what these advertisers are doing is they're having like one chunk, which is the content, right? And then they're just bolting on five different hooks leading into it, you know, faster, um, you know, the, this, there. And a lot of them, they're pretty similar. It's just like a different delivery or, you know, but, but, but you can really see, you know, or, or sometimes they'll go like a curiosity hook where they're starting off by asking a question or they'll make a bold statement, right? They both do the same thing, but they'll be like, you know, piquing somebody's curiosity versus being like, whoa, that's unbelievable. Um, I need to watch more or, you know, I, I do need to wa continue watching this, right? And so you'll see that a lot with these, uh, with these bigger advertisers specifically. They're, they're just running a few different hooks with the exact same campaign, same landing pages, and you can tell which ads are doing better because they're running millions of views through them, and it's literally the first 15 seconds. So yeah, um, and then really focusing that sometimes, on that. yeah, sometimes the opening can be the difference between something that can get tens of thousands of views profitably versus something that can get millions of views profitably, and that is I'm sure it's obvious, but that is a game changer. Yeah, um, and you know that, that's what a lot of my focus has been on recently is just figuring out how to. Um, you know, like what, what's really working. Like I enjoy breaking down ads, like dissecting what's working, coming up with cool new ideas, um, edits that we can do. And sometimes it is just the edits too. They'll just do the same kind of thing and just make it, you know, a little more, you know, splice in some B-roll instead of keeping it stale. Um, and, and really just, you know, seeing what the audience likes. Also, you know, checking out some of the organic videos that are ranking for people in that audience. Um, mm you know, because it still is, you, you want to make your ad seem like it's part of the platform, right? You don't want to make it seem too much like an ad. Uh, obviously it is an ad, but if you can make it, you know, people are on YouTube to consume video content and a lot of YouTubers have a specific style that they're, yep. you know, it's just, you know, try and make it fit the platform. 
Totally, totally. Uh, love it. So uh, talk about how people can find out more about TubeSift or, or give it a try for themselves. And then you also have a free Chrome extension. Uh, talk about yeah. that a little bit. Yeah, so the, the free Chrome extension is the TubeSift bookmarker. And essentially what that is, it's a, it lets you bookmark any YouTube ads that you see. So it'll save the last 50 ads and landing pages that you that you see on your computer, right? And that's been, I, I love that. I mean, obviously I'm, I love studying as a marketer. I love studying what's working, you know, coming up with, Me too. with new angles, you know, different hooks, even if it's not in my niche, I'm like, oh, that's a good, you know, I, I can slightly tweak that and apply it to what I'm doing. Like that caught my attention. I want to remember that. So uh, if you just do a Google search, I, I can get you the link for it as well if you got show notes or whatever. But um, yep, but yep. basically the TubeSift bookmarker is what it's called. It's a free Chrome extension. And uh, yeah, it just lets you bookmark any of the ads and also see all the last 50 ads and landing pages that you've seen. Because um, a lot of them, you know, they're unlisted and you just you go like stats for nerds and pull the little code and it's just kind of a pain. This just makes it um, super easy. Yeah, and what what often I, and I love this because there there have been many times when I'm on YouTube and I'm a YouTube ads guy, so it's maybe a little bit different for me, but I'm sure for other marketers it's the same, right? You're on YouTube for whatever reason, you see an ad, that pre-roll ad, you're like, whoa, this is a good ad, I gotta save this. So you go, oh, let me just grab the URL, I'll save it. No, you do that, all you're saving is the ad, you're, the video you're about to watch, not the ad. So you need something like this extension to help you, you know, easily bookmark that that. Uh, that video or the, the ad itself. And so, cause we, yeah, most of those are unlisted. You can't go back and search for them later. So the bookmark makes that possible. And then, yeah, what if somebody just wants to check out TubeSift or Video Ad Vault? How can they check you out? Yeah, so uh, TubeSift.com or VideoAdVault.com. Um, yeah, Video Ad Vault, we're closing in on, like I said, a million unique YouTube ads and landing pages. Awesome. Um, it's basically a massive swipe file that you get to tap into that's searchable. So. Um, yeah, if you're serious about YouTube ads or serious about getting started on YouTube, YouTube ads, you got to check it out. Uh, Justin, what, what about you? If somebody just wants to connect with you, are you on the socials? Are you hanging out on Twitter or LinkedIn or Facebook or somewhere? So, how, how can people connect with I, you? I am on Facebook. I am terrible at posting, but I, I get on there and I run <laughs> my groups. So I see messages and friend requests. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. you know, shoot, shoot me a message and uh, yeah, would be happy to connect and yeah, always like meeting cool people. Love it, love it. Hey, man, uh, thanks for coming on. Always good to talk to a true YouTube ads OG. So thanks for being generous with your time and generous with your tips. Appreciate it, and we'll have to do it again. Yeah, for sure, man. I'll see you All right, awesome. in thanks, Puerto brother. Rico, right? Hey. <laughs> What's that? Oh, I said I'll see you in Puerto Rico next, right? Uh, I don't know if I'm going to get to, I don't think I'm going to get to go to Puerto Rico, another blue ribbon event. I don't think I can make it because of the timing. I'm super bummed. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Hey, fingers right, crossed. Cool. Maybe I'm not going to say no for sure, but, but, uh, we'll see. But, uh, all right, man. Well, thank you. Right, so thanks much. for having me. Yep, absolutely. And thank you for tuning in. And as always, we'd love to hear from you. Love to hear that feedback. If you feel so inclined, if you feel like, man, this podcast is making my day better, leave us that review on iTunes or, hey, share an episode with someone that you think will benefit from this. So your other marketing nerd friends or your other e-commerce friends or that e-commerce forum you're a part of, share the podcast. We'd love to just love to help people, love to connect with people, love the community, love making it stronger. And so with that, until next time, thank you.
At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session, or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.